It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. Hey, what is up, everyone? I am down in sunny San Diego, specifically in North County in Carlsbad. Just took up a new position working at Rancho Carlsbad Golf Course. It's a really cool 18-hole par 3 course with a really nice driving range, and it's just a perfect place for families, and I love it. I'm so excited. I'm going to be implementing some new junior golf programs, specifically the Operation 36 stuff, and just just so excited to be back out there. And last weekend I was out just setting up lots of fun activities for families to come and play. They had a great time, um, and I hope that you've got an environment somewhere near you that you can do something the same with your family and get out there and play some golf. If you're in the San Diego area, come check out our facility here. I think you'll enjoy it, and I'd be more than happy to help you guys out and get your whole family involved in the game of golf. Now, this week we have Neil Plimmer, who's been on the podcast multiple times, good friend of mine, just so much knowledge in this area of junior golf. And Neil is a golf coach, he's a blogger, and he is the host of his own podcast, and he is called The Jolf Man. So then we need to ask the question, right, what percentage of the time that they're playing golf do we want them playing golf on the course, playing the game of golf on the course, task-based play off course, which task-based play off the, off the course could be just chucking a few balls down on the putting green, just putting around, just for the sake of it, and then games-based play off the course. So it's then that's where I think we can get to the individual and the uniqueness of each child. I'm really looking forward to this interview with Neil today. And today specifically, what we're going to talk about is a question that comes up a lot, and that's kind of, you know, depending on your age of your junior golfer, we always wonder, okay, where should they start? What activities should they do? When should they be on the golf course? And we're going to talk about all those things, and I know I'm going to learn so much, as I always do from Neil, about this, and I think he's going to add in some of those important things, like talking about the importance of a learning environment and just those first experiences that children have and why those are so important. So I hope you enjoy this episode and look forward to hearing your feedback. Ladies and gentlemen, Neil Plimmer back on the podcast. We're all excited to have you back, Neil. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been a little while, hasn't it? You've been busy. I've been busy. Lockdown. We're ready to go. Yes, it has been a little while. And, um, as as always, I'm excited for this conversation, and, I'm, and I think everybody listening is always excited to have you back on the podcast and hear your opinions, your advice, your expertise, all of the above. And so today we're going to talk about another topic. So are you ready, Neil? I'm ready. I've had a lot of time through the last few months and however long of our lockdown in the UK to think, as I said earlier on. We need to get out there and start doing now, but there's been a lot of thinking time and I wanted to make sure we use that thinking time and reflection and talking to other people well. So, you know, what we're going to talk about today, I'm interested to sort of throw out there, see where it lands and uh, get get your thoughts and, and, and see what happens. 
Absolutely. And I think that's the exact idea of what we want out of this episode is to have people walk away and do a little bit more thinking about this topic, about the age, stage, environment, experiences of play. Because I think, you know, as adults, a lot of times we do wonder, you know, what our children should, could, or are capable of doing at different ages and stages in their development. And I don't think it's something we put on paper enough. I don't think it's something that we think about enough. And you've put together this very nice visual, but also thoughts into these different areas where children at different ages, stages can experience golf in different ways. And we're going to go into detail about what those things are. So this is, this is going to be fun. I'm excited for it. So where this all started for me was conversations regularly over lockdown into junior golf. Um, and, you know, junior golf over in the UK, I'm not sure it's necessarily the same in the States, but again, you know, we can talk about the cultural differences being, you know, children that are four to 16 and pretty much a, they're four to 16 years old and they're either going to be playing for fun or playing to compete. You know, you've got a twin track road of those two things. And I think a lot of the things that we do ends up getting lost in translation. Um, so in putting this framework, this scaffold, this structure together, I've always felt that every single child is unique. You know, they're unique. They learn in different ways. They play in different ways. They have different experiences, but there are a number of things that are similar. Um, the environment can be either off course or on course. Their ages are similar. And I think, you know, children of certain ages will do similar things. So I suppose in presenting this and throwing this out to the world, on the one hand, I'm very aware that every child is unique and we have to treat them as unique. But also we can, or I believe, we can generalise as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, you know, looking at this, um, I guess we can call it a chart. Would you call it a chart that you've put together? Graph chart? It's a it's a Venn uh, diagram, yeah. technically, isn't it? It's In got the, everything. It's, a, <laughs> it's got everything. It's all the above, right? So it's all of it. you've got your golfer, your golfer, your player, right? And yeah. you can maybe talk about just give us a brief description of that in a minute with the golfer, golfer and players again but then you've also broken it down by different age groups and i'm curious to know how you came up with yep. those different age groups and why you separated the ages at those points so maybe start with that and just go over those few things the golfer, golfer player and then how and why you separated the age groups and then we'll go into more details from there so, so Jolfa for us has always been that child that's picking up a club for, club for the first time. You know, we do that a lot. I mean, that's where our business sits now, you know, handing golf clubs to children who have never picked them up for the first time. So a Jolfa is a child that's experiencing golf for the first time in a school environment, in a community environment, at a golf club, and will need an element of adult support and help, whether that be to be safe, whether that be to um, set up the environment, but they're going to need adults around, you know, because children of certain ages and stages are always going to need adults around. You know, you can't think that you take a six year old to a golf club and say, here's a bag of clubs, put them on the first tee, off you go. So a golfer will need some adult support. Mm. But with a lot of the work that we've done over the last however many years, one of the aims is that we want the children who have took part in our sessions to become independent golfers. That is our aim with all of the sessions that we run. We want them to be independent golfers. 
golfers that can go on the golf course and play independently. So may need adult support, as in being around to be there to be the adult from a safety perspective, from a safeguarding perspective, but they can carry their own clubs, they can make their own decisions, they can play independently, picking their own shots, finding their own ball, knowing where to start, knowing where to finish. Not necessarily doing it to any skill level. Skill has got nothing to do with this, but they can play independently. So Jolfa needs adult support quite a lot of the time. Golfer will need very little adult support. They can play independently, dependent on their age. And then you've got a player. So again, I think a lot of the conversations that coaches have or parents have tends to be within this very, very small minority of children or people who have made a decision to invest time, effort and resource into getting better. They're starting to play the game. They're starting to keep score. They're starting to maybe get a handicap. They're starting to compete. So they've made a decision, not necessarily to specialise in golf, but to invest more effort, time and resource. So that's where I've wanted to always, if you like, group the children that we're in. So a new new child comes along, needs help and support, Jolfa. They've been with us for maybe just one session. You know, I'd like to think that a child could come to us of a certain age, you know, so a four-year-old, they're going to need support for a period of time. Whereas if a 11, 12, 13-year-old comes, they might just need one experience with us as a golfer as a new player to then become a golfer because here's the clubs off you go and then down the other side of the of the of the framework is the ages now i've taken those ages from over in the uk the schooling system tends to go into zero to four preschool four to seven we call early years and key stage one seven to eleven key stage two 11 to 14, key stage three, and then 14 to 18 will be key stage four, key stage five. So for anybody that's not seen the framework, then the left-hand side are the ages and across the top are the stages. So you can then start to see that, and I, and I think it creates a very level conversation for us coaches or us with a parent, right, how old is your child? My child is 11. Can they play independently on the golf course? Yes. Okay, so then they're going to be a golfer. Are they choosing to compete or keep score or get a handicap? No, not yet. Well, there you go. That's where they are. And I would say that if you've got a group of six 11-year-olds who are golfers, there are a number of things that we can generalise about. Again, looping back to the beginning, knowing that every single one of them is unique, but knowing that also there are things we can generalise about. So that's where the frameworks come around to create um a conversation with parents and or with other coaches to say right what age are they at what stage are they at and, and i think also for us as coaches we can then say right i'm going to specialize with this age and stage so for us we specialize you know four to eleven four to eleven golfers we go into primary school settings and we are the people that hand golf clubs to them for the first time and there's a good reasons. There's a number of reasons why mm. we choose to do that as a business. Um, so I, I wanted to put that out there to be able to create a, uh, if you like, a, a more sensible dialogue with other coaches and organisations and, and and parents. Yeah, I like that. No, I think that was a very good description. And I also have to say, one thing I really do like as well is that you included on the age groups zero 
to four. So yeah. you're, 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 you're allowing everybody to be essentially a golfer or a golfer or even a player. Well, I mean, I think we loop back to that picture you posted of your youngest um, with club and ball and crawling around. Now, he's probably pre-Jolfer, isn't he? But it's still he's still having an experience in an environment. And I think I think we end up describing that as just it's just pure play, isn't it? It's just play and just the mere mm. fact that there's a golf club and a golf ball local to him. It could be a baseball bat and a and a baseball or it could be a hockey stick and you know the, the what what it is it doesn't matter just yet but um because what we'd also done we'd, we'd sort of crossed off the fact that a, a zero to four year old probably isn't going to be a player because they're not making the choice to become a player um and also the fact <laughs> that maybe a 14 to 18 year old yeah i mean uh, you know it's simple and i and even I, I even went as far to say that a four to seven year old aren't aren't necessarily players um, then children of that age, I don't think are necessarily making those choices of themselves to be players to invest time, effort and resource. I know that's a bone of contention for a lot of people. And again, I'm happy to discuss it. And I suppose it comes down to our own mm. viewpoints. For sure. Absolutely. No, I, 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 I totally agree with you. And I think you've got a lot of good reason to back up your viewpoints. And I'm sure some other people might have good viewpoints uh, yeah. to back up theirs as well. Right. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I think this breakdown is really cool. So let's go through these these kind of four sections that you put together. So you've got on-course play golf. You've got off-course task-based play. On-course play the game of golf. Off-course games-based play. So let's start with on-course play golf. Maybe you can give us some examples of activities or what they're doing, what this environment environment might look like. And if there are any goals, what would be the goals related to this particular area? What I wanted to be very clear of when, when putting this out there is that you've got the ages of the children. You've then maybe put them into the sort of the stage that they might be at, picking up a club for the first time, moving towards playing independently or investing time and resources. And then you look at the environment. So really, there are only two environments that we would do golf in. You're either on a golf course or you are off a golf course now again over here i'm not you know you tell me if it's any different in the states that it would seem that coaching golf or programs or structure has been very much towards off course play off course experiences because it's convenient and because it's easy to get access to a driving range or a putting green and for me there's been an imbalance between on course experiences and off course experiences so i wanted to highlight right if we're going to have an experience with children where's it going to be on course or off course and then you've got the pureness of playing golf so on a golf course picking up a club starting at a finishing at b doing what you like and when i say doing what you like you know you're safe you're sensible you're playing fairly but you're just doing what you like. So you can hit it right-handed, left-handed, forwards, backwards. You're just going to play golf just for the sheer fun and enjoyment on it, of it. And if that's one hole or two holes or six holes or 18 holes, whatever it is, a bit like if you were to watch a, a four-year-old play crazy golf. You know, if you've seen any four-year-old play crazy golf, they don't start at the beginning. They generally put, we put the ball down at the start, they pick it up and they run and they put it right next to the hole and then tap it in when they're by the hole. 
So that's playing golf because they're playing on their terms and <laughs> their, their, their way. So that was on-course playing golf, going out onto the golf course for the first experiences as, let's say, a jolfer, never having done it before, and just enjoying moving the ball from A to B in lots and lots of different ways. I think, as I've said on the podcast before, you know, we, we use a product called Golf Park. So Golf Park allows us to build a golf course anywhere you know, a school hall, school field, playground, community setting. So we're able to set up a six-hole golf course, and we have done anywhere. And so we can put people on, we can deliver an on-course play golf experience in any place. And so we know that that works. And we know we don't have to necessarily put any framework or structure around it because children and, and adults just mm. often just enjoy the fact that they're free to do ha- do it how they want within our boundaries of playing safely playing sensibly and playing mm. fairly so that was that's on course on course playing golf i like that so what about off course task based play what is that so so again through a lot of conversations i've had over lockdown um, with a lot of coaches i think we get slightly confused between tasks games, constraints, uh, and all these words that we use. And no one, I think often the conversation, people are at cross purposes with the definitions. So I've sort of come up with my own definitions of task-based play and games-based play. So task-based play would be what I think we've done with Jolf for a long time. We've set up activities where children and adults have got to move the ball from A to B and they've got to find lots of different ways of doing it. So our tasks would challenge children and adults' abilities to control and vary how high the ball goes, how far the ball goes, and in what direction it goes. So the task of golf is, can you move it from A to B, and can you control how high, how far, and in what direction? So that's why I've called it task place. How you do it, to a point, I'm not worried. I'm not looking for the right way to do it. I'm trying to hook children in to play and choice and uh, deliver meaningful experiences. And so the offset to that would be a games-based play. Now, a game will have the task. Can you hit it from A to B? But it will start to have some rules and some boundaries and scoring and competition, possibly. And so I wanted to differentiate between task-based play, which is nearer towards free play than games-based play. And it's the same for playing golf. You know, we play golf, there's a freedom to it, there's choices, you can do it how you like, whichever way you like. But then if you play the game of golf, there's then going to start to become some boundaries and some rules and some scoring and elements of format and ways of doing it. Um, and I think for so long, coaches, organisations, we've imposed the game of golf onto children too soon, too early. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, I've been guilty of that as well, you know, coaching golf. And I think I skipped a lot of times the task itself and task-based play and just going straight into games-based play where I'm giving them those rules and giving them the, those boundaries without actually giving them an opportunity to have an experience on their own and explore how to, you know, if the right word is accomplish the task or, or, or do the task themselves. And like I said, 
I probably jumped in too early to try to help them accomplish the task in my way rather than letting them figure the task out and accomplish it themselves. Like you said, whether it's how to get from A to B, how to hit the ball in the air, those types of things. And I think that's a very important thing that you bring up. And I think it's important for the development of children to let them explore that and have an opportunity to be in that type of environment at some point. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, and I think that's the skill of the coach. The skill of the coach is to maybe understand the experience that he would he or she would like children to have, then design the environment accordingly, and then and then have the strength and the will and the wherefore to be able to stand back and observe first. You know, stand back and observe children playing mm-hmm. within that task-based play environment or experience whereas maybe if it's a games-based environment you know the, the coach is going to be much more involved you know much more involved in being the rule maker and the scorer and that's never been a role with which I've wanted to to have necessarily um, but I, I can to a point mm-hmm. see its value you know if if take for example you're on a driving range and you're using trackman i mean i've not i've not used trackman so much but if you've got say a trackman combine that would be more towards games based play whereas just messing around on trackman can you hit it a certain height can you hit it a certain distance can you curve it with this much dis- this this much curvature um can you hit it higher can you hit it lower that would be maybe nearer towards task based play I like that description there. I think that gives us all a good visual as well of what the difference would be between the two. I've never, to be honest, I've never thought of it like that. That's just come to me. But um... (laughs) (laughs) it came out really well. Yeah. (laughs) All right. What about on course play the game of golf? Because this is another, this is another area that you've got. Yeah. I mean, I suppose I, I hope now people are starting to appreciate maybe where I'm coming from when I, when I, throw this out there that on course off course on course playing golf playing golf with the freedom and it's interesting you know never want to talk about my own experiences but last summer through lockdown I fell in love with golf again and I fell in love with just playing golf I was playing with pals we were having a good time the weather was good we we're playing on nice golf courses and I just played golf just hit shots just completed tasks, found different ways to do it. And at no point through that time did we play the game of golf, i.e. have boundaries, have rules. We did, we did. We had some side bets and whatnot, but it, it, that wasn't why I was there. Um, and I think, again, you know, with, with junior golf and children's golf, we've been so, so quick to get them into that playing the game of golf, you know, adding in scoring, adding in match play, stroke play. And yes, there's possibly a time for that and to introduce them to that, but it's also giving children the choice. You know, So today we're on the six-hole golf course. Here's the club, here's the ball, here's A, here's B. Please play safely, sensibly and fairly. Off you go. And then as, as we progress, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to continue doing that? We can add some scoring in. Some children, you know, we, we work in primary school settings where we've got 30 children at a time and I know that I can I can offer playing the game of golf to children and half of them will play the game of golf and they might keep score but half of them will just continue to play golf because that's what they want to do and that's the stage or that the experience that they want and I suppose you know having this framework in place as a 
as a coach or as a parent, you know, you could turn up at a facility and say, right, what are we going to do today? You know, we've got some options and we've got some choices now rather than step on the first tee. Right. We've all got a bag of clubs each. We're all playing independently. Right. Let's keep score. I see. So this framework then essentially can kind of like I see where you've got it breaking down. So you've got obviously the on course play golf. Right. And that's just like get it to A to B however you want. The task based plays, you know, here's the task. Do how you want to move the ball in this direction or get the ball in the air. Right. Then you've got the off-course games-based play, which is basically you've got some rules and boundaries with a task intertwined. And then if you end up where you've got the on-course play the game of golf, that's kind of a mix a mix of get the ball from A to B. There might be some rules or boundaries within that. And is that kind of how it all flows together, would you say? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think you know, it, it, it can flow and change from hole to hole. Um, obviously, let's say if... We've got an 11 to 14-year-old player. So obviously they turn up at a golf club and they're playing an 18-hole tournament. Well, they're playing the game of golf because there's rules, there's boundaries, there's structure, there's scoring, there's format. That's that's where they're at. But I suppose what I'm then saying is that that one day that they have, they play the game of golf, there's nothing stopping them the next day turning up with their buddies and their pals and just playing golf just for the sake of it. We've, all, mm. we've always got these choices available to us. Yeah, like that. I know how everything is intertwined, but if you could give us some type of general age connection with these different stages and different environments, just so everybody can kind of have something to sort of put in their minds and think about. And again, they can adapt it however they'd like, but how you put it together, could you, can, could you give us just the general ages for those stages within the framework what what i was what i was considering actually was the percentage of time that a child at each stage would do the different experiences in the environment so that was probably more what i was thinking and that's where you can then start to look at the individual and the uniqueness of each individual so if we look at age and stage got let's say a golfer who is age 7 to 11 okay so it might well be that we say a golfer so they can play independently, remember. They can carry their clubs. They can be safe. They can make their choices. If they're 7 to 11 years old, let's say 10, somewhere in the middle, um, or 9, even more in the middle. Uh, so they're 9 years old. So then we need to ask the question, right, what percentage of the time that they're playing golf do we want them playing golf on the course, playing the game of golf on the course, task-based play off course, which task-based base play off the, off the course could be just chucking a few balls down on the putting green just putting around just for the sake of it and then games base play off the course so it's then that's where I think we can get to the individual and the uniqueness of each child because I don't I don't necessarily know the answer I've got experiences with lots of different children and mm. what I what I also believe is that with a lot of children they spend too much time off the course and not enough time on the course. If if our aim is to get more children playing golf. Yeah, I would totally agree. Okay, so I, I, that makes sense. I like that. And again, what I think is the listeners can walk away and kind of put it together how they might like to, but at least it kind of gives them an idea of, look, we've got to actually start thinking through this framework because we don't want to all of a sudden make our six-year-old child into a player too soon or not give them the opportunity to have 
the chance to do off-course task-based play or just allow them to play golf because we're just, you know, having them play the game of golf too soon, right? Or that's all we're doing or we're only focusing in one area. So I like what you've got. You've got, you've got different areas and different things that we can do and we can think about when that might adapt to their stage or level of golf also with their age and then find out what's best for the child. And I think that's something that we just need to think through more. And I, that's why I like your framework so much. And, and, and I, cause I also think that I think a lot of frameworks that are put together, they're often very linear, you know, start here, finish there. Whereas I suppose mm-hmm. what I'm saying with this is, with the, you know, you might turn the dial up at one point, but you might turn it down another, turn the dial up here in one, turn it down, turn, you know, so if we've got these four dials again, excuse me, because I'm, I'm, I'm embellishing on this as we go, because this is why I love these podcasts. If you've got the four dials of on-course play golf, on-course play the game of golf, off-course task-based play, off-course games play, you, you know, we, we're constantly just tweaking and changing, as, as are, and I think really importantly, as are the children, because they will be in control as well. They will be in charge. They will have that choice. So today, you know, um, I'm the parent, my 10, 11-year-old child, Right, we're going to tweak it up because we're going to play in a competition. But tomorrow, we're going to go and play and we're going to turn that down, but we're going to turn play golf because we're just going to go and play on the golf course for half a dozen holes with a buggy and a hot chocolate afterwards. Yeah, and and to add to that, let's just say you've got an 11-year-old golfer. From an interest standpoint, you can add in, let's say your coach, you can add in all these elements on different days, right? Yeah. So to keep their interest levels up, you could have one day or one time within the day of learning to have off course games-based play, then to have some task-based play, then to have them play the game of golf and then have them play golf. Right. And if they're able to do all of those things, it's also important that we give them the opportunity to have the experience to enjoy those different areas of learning and play because a lot of times, it's like I said, we get focused so much on just one part or two parts that we're we're leaving a lot out, and I think that can hinder their um, creativity and hinder some of their development because we're just not giving them the opportunity or experience or chance to be able to do some of those other things. And I think that is also a great way to adapt all those things that you put together, which is cool. And I think, and I think one of the things that are, you know, a word that we've not yet used is the sort of transitions, the transitions between the ages and the stages. So if you can imagine that if a child's a golfer, you know, picking up a club up for the first time and they they, they then become a golfer. And again, I hate labels. I really don't like labels because the only label we should ever have is, you know, our name, you know, Travis Neal. They're the, the only labels we need. But again, just, just for clarity of discussion, it works. So if you're a golfer, you transition to be a golfer, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily ever transition back to being a golfer because, you know, you've gone through that, you know how to play independently, but a golfer can transition to be a player if they choose to invest time, effort and resource. But here's the kicker. I think that at any point a, a, a child or, or a player could transition back to being a golfer. I'm just going to do it just independently. So again, mm-hmm. those dials and those transitions you've got, you've always got movement within that. So it's not this, right, I'm going to start at four. And this is this has been my view. And again, tell me if I'm wrong, that over in the States, it tends to be get started early, 
get good early because you've got to get to high school. You've got to get good at certain periods to get in those competitions to then get into college. We don't have that over here necessarily, um, but it's that structure that doesn't, once you're on that track of high school and college, or if you're on that elite path track, there's no getting off. It's really hard to get off. And, and you know, my worry is often that if you get off that track, well, you're never going to, you're lost to golf in some respects, aren't you? It's true. So that's where I think my, my advice to my advice to parents, my advice to parents would be, you know, having this sort of dial, being able to dial stuff up, but equally dial stuff down and see those transitions around such a framework, I think can be, I think it can be useful knowledge. I'd be interested to get feedback, but I think it's useful knowledge for people. Absolutely. All right. There's, there's one thing I'm going to throw in here, and this is something that you kind of helped with me and my mindset. You sent me a text message to me. I think it was, must've been last week. And I was just telling you about some of the stuff that I want to be doing coaching wise. And all you said was experiences first. And I think that for me, that resonated really well with my thoughts and what I can also talk to parents that come to my coaching programs, but also just given me the idea of how I want to structure and organize things for the, the children who come to these golf outings or golf classes or whatever you may call them. But having that at the forefront, I thought was just, just so huge. And you just said that you just experienced first. And I was like, that is a very good point. Why do you like, you know, why do you, and you've used this word experiences so many times just in the last 30 minutes, but why do you also, I want to actually hear this because I don't know the answer. Why do you preach these experiences so much? Like, why is it so important? It's it's the stuff that children and parents are going to remember, isn't it? You know, it's those, I was talking to someone the other day, it's about grammable moments. So, you, you know, restaurants who are creating pieces of food now that they want people to take photos of this amazing food so that they, people can put it in Instagram and it's that, 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 that society we now live in. And I said to this coach, I said, maybe as golf coaches, we need to be setting up grammable moments for children and parents just to go, you know what, I really remember that. My children, we, we went to, a, we had a golf experience where we went to what's called Hever Castle. We visited the castle in the morning and we played golf in the afternoon. And they never talk about the playing golf. They always talk about the fact we went around the castle and we had lunch and we had a really amazing burger at the end of it. And it's not about where we do it. It's the stuff that we do. The stuff that we do is the important things. And I suppose it's not just the the stuff that we do. It's also the people we do it with as well, isn't it? So, you know, all of that, the, the meaningful, rich life experiences that as coaches or adults God, I mean, you know, we, we've got the best job in the world, haven't we, to be able to create those things for 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 children and for the families that come along. Absolutely. You just made me realize something too from what you just said there is if you think of, let's just say, the best hotels, airlines, wherever, first class, Ritz-Carlton, okay, they do preach experiences and that's what they would consider first class. And so I think if you are looking for the best first class junior golf program or academy, I think sometimes we have to look beyond what actually we can see physically. So if there's not a track man, if there's not a bunch of, um, you know, high end technology there, that doesn't mean that the place isn't first class. What's first class is what experiences are coming out of that program. And 
what that coach and how that coach creates those experiences for the junior golfers. And I think that is what a first class junior golf program is not what they have, but how they create that experience. And I think that just came to me listening to what you had to say there. And I think that's, that's something that's very important and really cool. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. And it comes back to, I can't remember what the saying is, isn't it? You know, but it's the, the teacher, the teacher, it's not what they tell you, but it's the way you make, they make you feel, isn't it? You know, they're the best teachers, you know, you don't, don't, your best favorite teacher from whatever school it is, your elementary school or over there or from, from junior school here, you know, it's not what they taught you that was important, but it's the way that they made you feel when they're in that company. And it's those sort of things that I think are, are really important. And yes, we're in a very, very different society nowadays with, you know internet and games and we've got to get children off ipads but when when they're there if we can create that magic create those experiences then they, they're just going to love doing that and they just love being there at that point and if we can if we can allow them and then i think for me most importantly arm them and equip arm them and equip them with the understanding and knowledge of how to do that on their own for me that's job done because I want, I want children to be independently be playing golf on the golf course. I love that. I think that's the the takeaway. I think that we need to sum this episode up with with people to walk away with, and then on top of that, think about what it is your framework should be. Whether you're a parent, whether you're a coach, and you know, I'm going to come back and listen and take. I have a lot of notes to take down from what you said between some of those different stages as well, because I need to be able to have those at the forefront of my mindset, because what you said is really important. And I need to um, have that organized in my own thoughts as well. And I sure hope that everybody listening does the same thing. So Neil, thank you so much for coming on, putting this all together, and then sharing it with all of us today. Well, I think as I said at the beginning, it's sort of throwing it out there as a, as a hypothesis to try and break it, you know, try and see where the holes are, try and see where the gaps are. So um you know anybody please feel free to communicate through travis or find me because i'd love to hear what coaches and parents and people think about it i appreciate that and i think what everybody needs to know we we mentioned this in the last time we had you on but you are the host of your own podcast and going strong and i think there's a lot of these conversations that you have with other coaches and and even parents as well in your podcast that i think everybody should go and listen to and they'll hear even more of your opinions your experience your advice and just your education and knowledge in this area so i recommend everybody going over to your podcast i'll share the link in this episode as well Ch- ch- chats rambles and rants <laughs> i might rename it <laughs> <laughs> it's great so neil we'll have you back on the podcast again i know it for sure and i look forward to the next time you're on thank you again for coming on it was awesome super beneficial for myself and i'm sure the listeners as always and look forward to having you back thanks buddy thanks travis all right there we have it neil plimmer come back on the podcast sharing with us the ages stages some stuff with environment and also just those first experiences that everybody has and just the overall experience. I thought that was really interesting what we kind of dug deep into. And, you know, really when you're thinking about involving your, when you're really thinking about giving your child the best first experience, I think these different quadrants that Neil's put together are really important for us to think about and make sure that we implement all of these into our learning environment and I think some of them will resonate with other junior golfers better. So 
He's got the on-course play golf, which is basically go out on a golf course or something that resembles a golf course and play golf, which is hit a ball from A to B. And I actually did this just yesterday with my friend. We played the par three course that I am working at now in Carlsbad. We weren't keeping score, we were just playing golf. And we had so much fun, it was relaxed. I mean, we were trying to hit good shots, but it really wasn't the major focus. It was just to get out there, get some swings, hit some putts, and um, just hit different shots, it was a lot of fun. Then you also got the on-course play the game of golf, and I think that's what we're all so familiar with, and that's where we're actually hitting the ball from A to B, but we're playing by the rules of golf, and we're keeping a score, and we're playing what you know you would follow in something like tournament golf. And then we've got the off-course task-based play, and this is something that I kind of lack in my own coaching and things I do with my oldest son, and that's just to give him a task, and let them go and let them find a way on their own to accomplish the task. And Neil gave us that great example of with the track man where basically you can say, okay, hit the ball this high or curve the ball this much. And we can do that for anything. You can say, okay, chip the ball in the basket. And we don't have to tell them how to chip it in, which club to use, but just giving them a task and letting them go from there. And then the last one would be off course games-based play. And again, that's another one we're really familiar with. That's activities, games, where maybe there's some rules or structure behind it and I just think this is such a good framework for us to use and keep in the back of our head whether we're a golf coach or a parent or anyone trying to help a junior golfer out and the last thing I'll leave you with is like what Neil said it's okay for anybody to go between a golfer golfer and player and it's also okay for them to move back so if they were a player and they just want to come back and be a golfer just to enjoy the game of golf go out and play it with their friends and family that's totally fine. So I took so much away from this episode as always. Thank you so much, Neil, for coming on. And I hope you all enjoyed it as well. Let us know if you have any questions. Thanks, guys.